0: So uh this morning as i said it is Palm Sunday and, and we're we're going to be related to that but uh we've been in this series about renovation and i want to i want to be able to close that out that's our lenten season uh, Linton season ser- uh, sermon series uh that we've been talking about this concept of renovation in relationship to our own uh, need for spiritual renovation uh that that just as when you're working on a house and and you have to tear it apart and be displaced and re- rebuild it's 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 it takes you out of your comfort zone it's dirty it's messy it's inconvenient it's frustrating at times and and that's sort of the way uh, the spiritual life can be right when we're honest and when we're really trying to make efforts and to grow grow more mature in our faith, uh, it can get frustrating that we just keep making the same mistakes over and over. Maybe it's just me, but um, I I don't think so. Anyone else struggle in growing up or or, uh, 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 spiritually, right? And it's no fair poking your neighbor that that would take care of yourself. Right? But it, it, it... I, I, I've said before, Christianity is, uh, Christianity is the easiest hard thing you'll ever do, right? It's easy in that God has provided everything we need. He did all the work. The hardest thing, though, is that we have to get ourselves out of the way in order to receive that and live into it. And over this Lenten season, I hope that that's what you have been doing. I actually, I hope it moves beyond the Lenten season, but especially during this this time that that you've been spending time in prayer, that you've been spending time uh, in in uh, Bible study, that you've found a way to serve, that you've opened yourself up to what God is doing, and not only speaking to Him but listening for His voice. And a big part of what we want to do during Lent is hold the mirror up to ourselves and say, am I, am I actually living this thing out in a way that matches my belief system? Am, am I actually following Jesus in the way he loves? Am I actually uh, living a way that, that reflects what I read in the scripture? And I can answer that for all of us. All of us have something that we need to do better. In fact, all of us have a lot of things we need to do better, right? It's, it's that struggle of Christianity. And so we've been talking about how to open ourselves up to the renovation that God can do. That Jesus, as he went back to heaven to have his seat at the right hand of God, he left his Holy Spirit here for us. And his Holy Spirit works in and through us to bring us into relationship with him. And as we hold that mirror up and we strive for that new life, uh, it can get frustrating. And so we've been through this series and we've talked about tearing it down and building it up and wiring up. And, and so we're, we're in our last week here. We're, we're through all that construction process where the framework's up, the drywall's on, the, the paint's starting to go on. They're doing the finish work on the home, right? And any of you that have ever built or remodeled, this, the finish work is the stuff that takes forever, Right? You, you watch the foundation go up, you watch the framework go up, and you're like, we're going to be in our house in a month. They're killing it. And then three years later... <laughs> You're hoping your cabinets are going to come in or something, right? It's just, it, it's, it's frustrating. It's that detail work that comes on the end that is necessary for the house to be livable. It's actually what, what is the finishing mark that distinguishes it and, and makes it complete, but it takes a long time. Even after you move in, then you're walking around with masking tape, marking all the places for the punch list that they need to come in and take care of. It can be a long, frustrating process. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, in, in, in our spiritual life, as, as uh, in Wesleyan theology, this process, this finish work, if you will, that the Holy Spirit does on us is called sanctification. It's that perfecting of God. It's how he, he takes us from our sinful nature, saves us from, from eternal punishment, gives us a relationship with his, with his father, but then begins to do that detail work on the inside, the transformation of our heart and our mind. And it's a lifelong pursuit. It's not something you accomplish, right? It's not like at the end of this lenten season you can we're we're going to get a graduation certificate and say I am now perfectly holy. Right? That's not the way it works. We're on a trajectory toward being more like Christ. Uh sanctification or being perfected in love is is what that term uh comes from. It's this trajectory of moving ever closer to God yielding to his spirit moving ever closer to him having like character a like mind a like actions that we become more and more like Christ and none of us are there yet but hopefully you're closer today than you were yesterday and you'll be closer tomorrow than you are today right that's that's that trajectory we're on this finish work that God is doing. And, and, and it can be frustrating. I, I, I know I, I, there's things that I'm doing uh, that I did 30 years ago. And I still can't get over it. I'm still making the same mistakes over and over again, right? And it's not because God hasn't provided me a way to do that. It's because my own spirit rebels against him and prefers to do it my way, even though I know deep down that I'm doing stupid things. It's that human nature. It's the sin nature that gets in the way. So we're going to talk this morning about that finish work and how God, how God completes our character, and how he how he shapes us into the people that he wants us to be uh, we 're going to be in Hebrews chapter twelve <clears throat> verses one through thirteen. In Hebrews chapter 11, Spencer preached on this a couple of weeks ago. It's the uh, Faith Hall of Fame. There's a list of all of these Bible characters that we know and, and being acclaimed for their faith in God and how they demonstrated their their faith in God by obedience and action. And so wrapping that up, moving into chapter 12, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in the struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever ever heard of a child who was never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means you're illegitimate and not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, be to God. Thanks be to God. Therefore since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses let us strip off every weight of sin that hinders us. We we are called in this journey that 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 God's plan is for us to spend eternity with him, right? We are on this journey, this this trajectory of becoming more like him. Our life is a preparation for our eternity with him. And in doing this, this this journey we're on, as the author refers to as a race here, it's a it's a it's a pursuit towards God. And in order to live that life out, we want to get rid of anything that gets in the way of that. That's a big part of the Lenten season, the yearly uh, heart checkup to say, you know what, what am I dragging with me that I don't need to? What's, what, what, what's in my life that's actually working against my holiness rather than leading me to a, a life with Christ? He says, strip off anything so that we can run the race that God has ahead of us. And, and here's the deal, that sounds so simple. You know, stop sin and do it better, right? It's not. You've failed at it over and over, haven't you? So I guess we're not gonna be honest this morning. That's okay. <laughs> I will, yeah, I, I fail at it over and over. It's not, hard. if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? And we wouldn't have any of the mess that we have in the world. It's not easy. It's a difficult thing because our sinful egos get in the way of God's plan. In order for us to strip off what gets in the way, we have to be willing to allow God to rebuild us in a, in a manner that may not look like what we look like right now, right? Right? This is what salvation is. This is what the journey is about. It's not not fitting God into who you already are. It's being remade by God into who he created you to be. Right? We we are saved, we are regenerated, we are remade in his image. We cast off what gets in the way so that we can pursue him with all of our hearts. It's hard, it's difficult, it is a long relationship, so how do we do this? Verse 2, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. That part we we can live with, right? Jesus is our focus. That's where we're heading. That's our model. That's where we're going, right? But listen, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its 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 shame. Now, can you put that, that verse up uh, verse two? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion of our faith. Be, there you go. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. We're going to dwell here for a minute. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. It's okay. You're not Pentecostal, you're just participating. It just tells me you're awake. Because of the joy he endured the Okay. Joy and cross don't normally go together, do they? The cross was the most the most radical torture device the Roman government could come up with. Anything but joy. But the writer of Hebrews is, is shedding a secret for us that all of us American Christians need to hear. Being a Christian is not always gonna be easy. In fact, at times, it's going to be painful. In fact, maybe usually, it's going to be painful. Right? But we are called to something greater than our current circumstances or the pain that we're enduring. Because of the joy ahead, Jesus was willing to suffer the pain of the cross. He's giving us a model of how we navigate this world. The joy that was ahead of him is that his Father's plan is going to come to fruition at some point, And we are all going to be gathered in his presence when he returns to finish his job. We're all going to be gathered around at a table that he has set for us, looking God and Jesus right in the face. And we will be having the coolest worship service and banquet dinner we've ever experienced and enjoying all that God has done for us. That's the joy that's ahead. But in order to get there, there had to be pain and suffering. And so Jesus was willing to go through the pain and suffering in order for the joy to be accomplished. Are you willing to put up with the pain in order to get to the joy? We we have a hard time with this, with our philosophies. Because we we have created this scenario in which... When we say God is good all the time, we mean God is good when it feels good to us. But God's goodness is present even when it doesn't feel good to us. God's number one mission is not for us to be happy. It's for us to have eternal life with him. For us to be his children. For us to be brothers and sisters with his son Jesus Christ. To be heirs to the kingdom. And he's willing as a loving... He was willing, God was willing to subject even his own son to that suffering for our sake. Why are we not willing to submit ourselves to suffering for the sake of ourselves and others? The writer sort of nails us between. He's like, you know what? Uh, Jesus went to a cross and died for us. None of us have ever given our life in our conquest of sin. So why, why do we have such a problem with this? Here's part of it. Because soon as stuff starts going wrong, we pray, God, stop it. Get it out of our lives. Get, don't do that. But here, here's a truth. We learn better out of hardship than we do out of happiness, right? I hate that, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. And, and and instead of when things get difficult, us looking to God and saying, what are you doing? This isn't the deal. We turn our focus to whatever... Is being allowed. God has power over, and he means everything for my good, even if it's painful. They talk about it as discipline here, and we have a hard time with discipline, right? We equate discipline a lot of times with punishment. But discipline and punishment are not the same. From a godly perspective, discipline and love go hand in hand. You discipline people you love. It's how you shape character. It's how you keep them in bounds. It's how you keep them from uh, hurting themselves. Discipline and love go together. Again, something we forget in our culture. I always chuckle when I read this one line. Uh, Nobody's ever heard of a father who doesn't discipline his child. (laughs) Yeah, we have. (laughs) Right? Love and discipline go together. And God loves us so much that he wants to shape us for eternity with him. And the best way for us to be shaped is often through enduring through difficult circumstances. It's what Jesus did for us. It's what we're remembering this week. I mean, think through the events of this week a God who did nothing wrong, the Son, Jesus, a teacher, a rabbi, who we know is the Messiah, went through life welcoming people everyone else was doing away with, healing, connecting, saving, forgiving. And for that, he was whipped and punished and scorned and embarrassed and humiliated. He endured a painful, painful death, so that we could have the joy of being with him. And and, and and none of us have been pushed to that brink. Even if our suffering goes on for an extended period of our life, it's only in this life Jesus was doing was being obedient with an eye on eternity. We need to follow that. That that same mindset what we do here and now is only preparation for what's coming the hardest of circumstances are going to go away in eternity what would happen if we stopped saying God take all of this away from me and started opening ourselves up to you have something that I can learn from this God this morning in this situation what, what part of my character can, can grow here? It would change our circumstances. It would change our, the way we approach life. You could even get to the point where James or, or Paul or some of the other biblical writers that you could even find joy in your suffering because you know it's bringing you closer to God. It's a difficult thing for us to accept, but it's the way, it, it's what's best for us. Verse, uh, verse 10, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. His discipline is always good for us. I grew up in an era when uh, spanking was the norm, and my dad was exceptional at the norm, (laughs) right? And, and, and I can remember many a time being, uh, punished and, uh, or, or disciplined. And, um, and my brother and I shared, uh, bunk beds and I was on the top bunk and he was on the lower bunk. And, and I can remember like nights after, after getting in trouble and being up in my bunk and, <laughs> and, and, and I, when I grow up, I'm never going to treat my kids like that. No, no, right? And if you, would have, if you would have asked me, I would have sworn that my dad was being abusive towards me, right? And because from my perspective, it just was, it, it hurt, it was uncomfortable, it was bad, right? As an adult looking back now, I know that what my dad was doing was helping to build my character. He wanted me to learn that lying is not acceptable, He wanted me to learn about respect of elders and authority. He wanted me to learn that there's right and wrong. All of that was for my good. It seemed abusive at the time. But I look back and I'm thankful. I know there's new ways to do that. We talk through those things now. Right? Let's think about it. Whatever discipline method you use. The idea is it's character shaping. And the receiver of discipline never is like, Please, Father, may I have more? Right? <laughs> that's that's not what we do. We don't have to ask for more. But here here's the deal. More's coming whether you ask for it or not. Because the world is hard. So it's coming whether you whether you ask for it or not. But can you change your perspective on it? That God is good. God is good all the time, even when we're suffering. That's, that's the finish work that's being done. That's the perfecting of my heart. That's what's taking me from this emotional, uh, this emotional sort of thanks that I'm not going to hell. And and begins to mature me into for it's no longer just about me not going to hell. It's now about me coming alongside my brother Jesus Christ and being hands and feet to the world around me and offering that same forgiveness, mercy, joy, and, and kindness to anyone that I get the opportunity to share it with. That's what the perfection looks like. It's hard, it's long, it's difficult. It's tedious, but you'll love the finished product. You'll love the finished product. The last verse we read, verse 12. So take a new grip with tired hands. If you've ever been hanging from something and your hands start to give out and the blood starts to go out of your fingers and your grip is slipping. And unless you're Sylvester Stallone, you have to let go or whatever. Right? It says take a new grip with your weak hands. Shake them out. Get the blood back in there. Take a new grip. Strengthen your weak knees. Get knee replacement. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> Strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. Take a new grip. Strengthen your weak knees. Set a path in front of you. And then trust in God that those of us who are weak and lame, we're not going to fall because he's got us. This 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 week we celebrate a God who is incredible his magnificence words don't I can't even say anything that's going to do justice to how amazing he is I really hope that throughout this week if you can't be here physically that you'll find some way to remember the events of this week because to jump from Palm Sunday to Easter we miss the the depths A pain that our God had to go through in order to get us to where we can celebrate our our future. Pain and suffering. A passion drawn out and painted for us. It wasn't a pretty picture. It's not a holiday of, of, of bunnies and chocolate. It was blood and sweat and gore and screams and ugliness. But out of that... Out of that, we have a relationship with God that goes on forever. It goes on forever. We're going to celebrate Holy Communion. And we're going to do it again on Thursday, as we remember when he instituted that for us. And I'm going to invite those who are going to be serving to come on up along with Monica night that Jesus was with his, his followers in the upper room. They had gathered for the annual Passover feast. It was something they did every year. All of these guys had grown up doing the same ritual every year. It was the story of the exodus in the Old Testament. They knew the routine, but Jesus, as he met with them, changed the script on them. In the midst of the dinner, he took bread, He gave thanks. He broke it, passed around the table and said, this is my body broken for you. Whenever you eat of it, I want you to remember me. Then he took the cup and gave thanks, passed around the table and said, drink from this, all of you. This is the new covenant and my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink from it, I want you to remember me. And so it's in remembrance of these as mighty acts through Jesus Christ that we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice to him. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, come. Permeate our thinking, O oh God. Help us to get a new grip. And strengthen our weak knees, help us to set a path before us to follow, a path that follows you, oh God. As we get ready to receive these elements, would you make this bread be for us your body, this juice be for us your blood, so that we can be your body and blood to the world around us. Oh God, it's our desire to love you to love one another and to be in ministry to all the world. And we look forward to that day. We look forward to that future glory. We look forward to the joy that lies for us where your kingdom has come and all is made right. Jesus, thank you for your willingness to sacrifice yourself for us. We pray all this in the name of the King of Kings, our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray by saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.